1: And I just wanted to start by acknowledging country. So I acknowledge that I am facilitating the online class from the lands of the Wanarua, Wanarrua people. I also acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which you all reside. To you all side today and the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who may be participating in our online class. I pay my respects to the sages, to the gurus who have passed on the teachings of yoga to the present day teachers. I pay my respects to my yoga teachers. I pay my respects to the elders past present and emerging and celebrate the diversity of our Aboriginal peoples and their ongoing cultures and connections to the lands and waters of New South Wales. So thank you, thank you very much. So if you just come on board online, lovely to see you. I can see Tanya, Belinda, and um, if you could kindly mute your devices, and that would be great. Keep your video on for the moment. So acknowledging too that um, Angie Fraser has kindly hosted this session for us, opening up to the members of FITAF, to my yoga students, and also to the greater community that we revolve around in. So the topic of discussion that we have today for sharing is about self-care for tough times. And we all are going through that now and our stress levels, anxiety levels, it's really quite heightened. So I have a few cheat sheets here right in front of me. So I know the flow of what we're going to cover today, this afternoon. So self-care for tough times. Let's start with the tough times. I reference some Susie reading. Um, she's a yoga teacher that's, who's based in the UK. And she categorizes tough times into three. The first one, being stress and burnout. The second one is loss and grief. And the third one is change and transition. So for some of us, we may be experiencing perhaps one of the categories, maybe two, and perhaps maybe all of those. So that's how we are faced with during tough times. But now let's talk about self-care. So we may have seen through media, through Facebook, through the subscriptions that you have, there's so many different ways to do self-care. So that would be by way of eating nutritious meals, cooking for yourself, going out for a walk, switching off from your devices, spending a little bit of time in the sun, and a whole lot more comes into that list. And ultimately, it is you who decide which one works best for you. But in terms of self-care, really, it is all about self-responsibility. Self-responsibility and accountability in what it is that you decide to choose that works for you. And in saying that to self-care, you, we, we don't have to do it alone. We are empowered. We empower ourselves by doing self-care, but we don't have to do it alone. And then as, as an example for that is one, Angie has created a fitness community. So there is one in terms of social community, social connectivity in that sense. For myself, as a Padaba yoga teacher, it's the community that I've also created with my current students. Getting out of those two um, communities, we have the greater community as well. And I acknowledge the presence of my hospitality community here with Tanya and Tanya Chessworth. Hello. And hi. this. Hi. And this in a way, like we don't have to feel alone. We don't have to do this oh on our own. Hi, Kelsey. To those who are joining us just now, acknowledging you. And um, so the social connectivity part, reach out if you need if you need some support um, in terms of your self-care, talk to someone. Um, you don't have to do this on your own. And what is important is the support network that we have. That's why when Angie and I were discussing, when Angie was thinking about these things and said, Anna, let's, let's invite the greater community. Yes, let's do that. Um, this is a very difficult and challenging time for us all. And it is by this community that we are able to move one step at a time, looking after our health, our wellness. And um, that's where exercise can come in and also the mindfulness practice that comes in. So that is self-care for tough times and just to reinforce that self-care is our self-responsibility. So I shall put that aside for now. And now I'd like to move into the other three items that are quite important as well. And perhaps Angie may have spoken about this to her members, but just to reinforce as well, the three pillars of health. Sleep, nutrition, and exercise. So, we know that there is a body of evidence how our body, our mind, our well being is affected when we are sleep deprived. With nutrition, and Angie is an expert inside of nutrition as well, nutrition is not just about the food that we eat, the food that we digest. Um, nutrition also covers you know, the types of relationships that we have, what we read, what we expose our senses to, that's also part of our nutrition. And exercise. So we do that in a sense, in our own way. But I think what the beauty in terms of Angie's group and having on board the mindfulness practice is, there is a sense of mindfulness and purpose in doing the exercises that Angie has created for her members. And it's in the same way as well in terms of the Padaba yoga practice. We set an intention for our practice. If it's just movement, that's exercise. We're doing the asana mindfully and that's where the yoga integration comes in. So three pillars of health, sleep, nutrition, and exercise. So something for us to be mindful as well, in terms of looking after ourselves in this tough time, focusing on our self-care. And I'd like to finish off with two other important points. For those who have practiced yoga with me, you would have heard me say that the breath is the intelligence of our body. So the breath is what we use, and it's a tool that we have available in us to regulate ourselves. Power feeling, checking in in our body with our mind. So it's the breath. Consciously breathing in and consciously breathing out with that sense of awareness, it takes our mind off thoughts, bringing back ourselves to conscious awareness that we are breathing. And with the breath as well, that's very important in our practice and with the exercise is the practice of the pause. The pause button. When we're feeling overwhelmed, too many things, our our sympathetic nervous system is on overdrive. We are in a state of chronic stress. We're not stopping. Stop for a while. Take a few deep breaths, calm down, collect yourself, be with your breath and be with your own presence. So that's where we practice the pause. And once you've done few rounds of breath, then we can all go proceed with what it is that we wanted to do, make a decision that we have to do But at least we have that time to stop and reset and collect ourselves. So just now, because we are in that state of chronic stress and overdrive, our nervous system is just not stopping. So this is where we practice mindfully. We bring in yoga, the asanas, and yoga nidra towards the end just so we can somehow go back to that to rest and digest it, which is the responsibility of the parasympathetic nervous system. So we won't go into the technicalities of that. But if you are feeling overwhelmed, stop for a moment, practice the pause and do your mindful breathings, long deep breaths and a focus on a longer exhalation which would encourage your nervous system, your parasympathetic nervous system, to go back into a state of rest and digest. So I hope this section of a little bit of information in terms of self-care for the tough times that we are going through has helped you with little snippets of what may be useful for yourself. And um, just go gently, gently and kindly, and help and support each other in a way that you can. But there's no point in helping another if you yourself is already depleted, your energy bank is low. So it's in a way it's being selfish, but selfish in a good way. Let's look after ourselves first and then we can look after the loved ones around us and share ourselves a whole lot better. So I hope that helps. And if there are any questions, um, feel free to send me a message or ask, or we can also you know, open the floor for some Q&A towards the end of the class if you're not too blissful um, yet at that time but also just a gentle reminder that um, Angie has kindly shared the podcast that um, I recorded the other day for Yoga Nidra. So please, I encourage you to make use of this and um, this would help your nervous system go back to some sort of balance. So if you are ready, we're going to our, any, any questions? anyone would like to say something? Please feel free to unmute yourselves and if not, I would... um just wanted
0: to say thank you for that, Anna. And um, I've used personally box breathing before to calm down my whole system and it pretty much works within seconds like tens of seconds um if you're struggling to calm down and so the sas use it before they go into battle also to calm the system down or before they go into a conflict so it's what is it it's just like inhale pause exhale pause and you just keep breathing like that yeah it's really really (laughs) useful
1: thank you angie and um we have practiced this similarly to before the four points of breath that we do. So breathing in with a pause at the tail and then breathing out, pause at the tail. So doing this in your own time as well, regulating the length of the breath that works for you and just keeping in mind that concept of breathing in, pause at the tail and then breathing out, pause at the tail. So thank you for listening to that first part, and thank you, Angie, for, for the feedback.
2: Hey, guys. Um, so I jumped on uh, this afternoon to talk about mindset around uh, tracking um, your workouts, uh, particularly your strength workouts. Um. I've written down a few notes, so we'll see how I go. I'm kind of winging it to a degree. So um, I'm going to talk about tracking strength workouts from um, sort of more of a personal perspective of myself. I've been tracking my workouts since I started proper strength training uh, late in 2016. Before then, I was doing a hurt step, Pilates, um, and Bar um and although um i felt like i was doing quite a bit um sometimes i was doing say pilates uh, in the morning i was so step in the morning uh followed by pilates and then i might go back and do another class in the afternoon or like of a monday so i was jam-packing a fair bit in but i my only goal was basically to lose weight particularly um after Baby weight after my youngest Taylor um, so that was my only goal um, I didn't track any of my workouts so I didn't properly start tracking until yeah about that late 2016 mark um, I found since tracking that my weights my reps my sets um, that I have progressively gotten stronger um, I have developed more muscle tone um, which was a goal of mine, Um, I couldn't, um, I could barely squat 50 kilos like a couple of years ago back when we were up at Victoria Park um, on my night classes that I would do with Al and Little Carly and I would get that bar on my back and feel lightheaded, do 50 kilos maybe for one rep, two, two. would feel crap basically and I just could not get past that point. until I started following more of a proper strength plan, uh, noting down those weights, I progressively have found that I have gotten stronger to the point now where I found 50 kilos difficult for one. I can now do 80 kilos for one. Uh, it's taken a couple of years and it, it does, but I would I don't think I ever would have gotten there if I hadn't started doing a proper program and tracking it. Um, I have a current goal at the moment, um, which is to lose weight weight, um, because I have gained a fair bit of muscle mass, I feel. Um, So two weeks ago, I started tracking um, more of my workouts uh, using like a hypertrophy program, which we are all, or most of us are doing at the moment. So um, I'm... Recording all my reps and sets at the higher end of the scale for my reps. Um, So in order to achieve this, I'm also following a calorie deficit as well, which I am trying to track in my fitness power. Some days it's not so successful. Um, But yeah, that's my goal. So I'm not going to achieve it unless I start writing stuff down, basically. Um, Tracking has helped me assess when I need to take a break from lifting so heavy. If I'm starting to feel tired, I'm starting to feel fatigued, then I'll go back through my notebook and I might see that I've been lifting fairly heavy for a number of weeks. So I then go, well, I need to have a deload week. I've been lifting so heavy for say, example, say three, four weeks, for probably more four weeks, um, I need to drop the weight back for a week. So tracking helps me also With definitely increasing my strength, I have definitely become stronger since tracking. It has accelerated my strength training actually because if you think about it, like if you sit back and can you remember how much weight you squatted a week ago? Can you remember how much weight you squatted a month ago? Have you made any sort of progress in the last week? Have you made any progress in the last month? Or are you still squatting the same weight that you were can you remember any of your weights that you squatted if you're sitting there thinking "Mm, no I haven't and no I don't know what my progress is then you probably need to sit back and start thinking about recording your workouts it really isn't that hard I promise you it is not that difficult you have to have a break between your sets I use that time in my rest between my sets to record what weight I have just lifted, how many reps I've done and my sets. And I do that every single workout. I have like all these notebooks in my workout bag. Uh, You can make them pretty to encourage you to sit there and do them. I've got Angie's one here, which I found great as well um there's some awesome ones at office work office works as well where you can actually write your little goals as well in them or you can just have a plain little one that you can chuck in and just put in quite basically note down what you're doing um, training uh, tracking both my strength training and my food also helps me um, sort of compare how I feel on a particular day when I've done my strength training so quite often um, and Angie pulled me up um, and sort of made me aware of this one day is feeling so lightheaded when I was deadlifting and when I looked back, I actually hadn't drunk enough water that day at all. So if you're tracking your food and your strength training together, you can compare your days and see, you know, okay, well, I've eaten, you know, fairly well. Um, I've hit sort of my macros or my carbs um, and I've lifted well as well. So it helps you compare the two as well. Um It's And as I said, it is so much more simpler than what most people think. I generally, at the start of my week, I work out what training I'm basically going to be doing on each day um, because I'm busy working two jobs and got two kids and running back and forward for footy and whatnot. I can't basically sit there and afford to just at the spur of a moment work out what I'm going to be doing on a particular day. So I will note down that, for instance, I'm going to be doing on Monday a back workout with some deadlifts, some lat pulls and some rows. On a Tuesday, I might do some leg stuff, some squats and lunges, or you'll have your program that Angie has given you. But every one of my days, I'm basically doing the same stuff for a number of weeks. Um, I don't really, I don't have one week where I go, well, I'm going to do these particular exercises for this particular body part, but then the following week I change it up. You're not going to make any progress if you change your exercises every single week. You just aren't going to see the results. So it sounds boring, but it is effective and it works. And you will find that your goals, whether it is your body composition, your strength, your muscle um, tone, you're going to see that progress if you stick with a program that you and you track it. And so you can just, you will be able to see that progress that you're making. So yeah, that's probably not half an hour worth, worth of chat because I was hoping to sort of see if there was any questions that anyone had. But hopefully um, sort of my little... Uh, ideas from my perspective has perhaps helped you or encouraged you to start tracking your strength training so you can see progress as well. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys. Um, so I jumped on uh, this afternoon to talk about mindset around uh, tracking um your workouts, uh, particularly your strength workouts. Um, I've written down a few notes, so we'll see how I go. I'm kind of winging it to a degree. So um, I'm gonna talk about tracking strength workouts from um, sort of more of a personal perspective of myself. I've been tracking my workouts since I started proper strength training uh, late in 2016. Before then, I was doing a hurt step, Pilates, um, and bar. Um, And although um, I felt like I was doing quite a bit, um, sometimes I was doing, say, Pilates uh, in the morning. Oh, so step in the morning, uh, followed by Pilates, and then I might go back and do another class in the afternoon or like of a Monday. So I was jam-packing a fair bit in, but I... My only goal was basically to lose weight, particularly um, after baby weight, after my youngest, Taylor. Um, So that was my only goal. Um, I didn't track any of my workouts. So I didn't properly start tracking until, yeah, about that late 2016 mark. Um, I found since tracking that my weights, my reps, my sets, um, that I have progressively gotten stronger. Um, I have developed more muscle tone, um, which was a goal of mine. Um, I couldn't, um, I could barely squat 50 kilos like a couple of years ago back when we were up at Victoria Park um, on my like night classes that I would do with Al and little Carly and I would get that bar on my back and feel lightheaded, do 50 kilos maybe for one rep, two, I'd feel basically and I just could not get past that point Um, until I started following more of a proper strength plan uh, noting down those weights I progressively have found that I have gotten stronger to the point now where I found 50 kilos difficult for one I can now do 80 kilos for one Uh, it's taken a couple of years and it it does but I would I don't think I ever would have gotten there if I hadn't started doing a proper program and tracking it. Um, so two weeks ago, I started tracking um, more of my workouts uh, using that like a hypertrophy program, which we are all, or most of us are doing at the moment. So um, I'm recording all my reps and sets at the higher end of the scale for my reps. Um, so in order to achieve this, I'm also following a calorie deficit as well, which I am trying to track in my fitness power. Some days it's not so successful. Um, but yeah, I'm, that's my goal. So I'm not going to achieve it unless I start writing stuff down, basically. Um, tracking has helped me assess when I need to take a break from lifting so heavy. If I'm starting to feel tired, I'm starting to feel fatigued, then I'll go back through my notebook and I might see that I've been lifting fairly heavy for a number of weeks. So I then go, well, I need to have a deload week. I've been lifting so heavy for say, example, say three, four weeks, for probably more four weeks, um, I need to drop the weight back for a week. So tracking helps me also um, with definitely increasing my strength. I have definitely become stronger since tracking it has accelerated my strength training actually because if you think about it like if you sit back and can you remember how much weight you squatted a week ago can you remember how much weight you squatted a month ago have you made any sort of progress in the last week have you made any progress in the last month or are you still squatting the same weight that you were can you remember any of your weights that you squatted If you're sitting there thinking, "Mm, no, I haven't, and no, I don't know what my progress is, then you probably need to sit back and start thinking about recording your workouts. It really isn't that hard. I promise you, it is not that difficult. You have to have a break between your sets. I use that time in my rest between my sets to record what weight I have just lifted, how many reps I've done, and my sets, and I do that every single workout. I have like all these notebooks in my workout bag. Uh, you can make them pretty to encourage you to sit there and do them. I've got Angie's one here, which I found great as well. Um, there's some awesome ones at Office Work Office Works as well, where you can actually write your little goals as well in them or you can just have a plain little one that you can chuck in and just put in, quite basically note down what you're doing. Um, training, uh, tracking both my strength training and my food also helps me um, sort of compare how I feel on a particular day when I've done my strength training. So quite often, um, and Angie pulled me up um, and sort of made me aware of this one day, is feeling so lightheaded when I was deadlifting. And when I looked back, I actually hadn't drunk enough water that day at all. So if you're tracking your food and your strength training together, you can compare your days and see, you know, okay, well, I've eaten, you know, fairly well. Um, I've hit sort of my macros and my carbs um, and I've lifted well as well. So it helps you compare the two as well. Um, It's, and as I said, it is so much more simpler than what most people think. I generally... At the start of my week, I work out what training I'm basically going to be doing on each day um, because I'm busy working two jobs and got two kids and running back and forward for footy and whatnot, I can't basically sit there and afford to just at the spur of a moment work out what I'm going to be doing on a particular day. So I will note down that, for instance, I'm going to be doing on Monday a back workout with some deadlifts some lat pulls and some rows on a Tuesday I might do some leg stuff some squats and lunges or you'll have your program that Angie has given you but every one of my days I'm basically doing the same stuff for a number of weeks Um, I don't really I don't have one week where I go well I'm going to do these particular exercises for this particular body part But then the following week, I change it up. You're not going to make any progress if you change your exercises every single week. You just aren't going to see the results. So it sounds boring, but it is effective and it works. And you will find that your goals, whether it is your body composition, your strength, your muscle um, tone, you're going to see that progress if you stick with a program that you and you track it. And so you can just, you will be able to see that progress that you're making. So yeah, that's probably not half an hour worth, worth of chat because I was hoping to sort of see if there was any questions that anyone had, but hopefully um, sort of my little uh, ideas from my perspective has perhaps helped you or encourage you to start tracking your strength training so you can see progress
0: as well. Thanks, guys.